Glorious devotees, thank you for joining another presentation on Srila Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha. We are now in the section of the Krishna Sandarbha dealing with a fortification of the Parivas Sutra. Uh, and it's been titled uh, the Fourfold Army of the Parivas Sutra, because in this section, Srila Jiva Goswami uh, fortifies the position of the Parivas Sutra, just as a king fortifies his military, is, is fortified by his military. So the analogy would be that the king is the Parivas Sutra, and the four divisions of his army are, are in support of the Parivas Sutra. Now we finished uh, the first division uh, in our last discussion. And the first division was basically supportive statements uh, from the Srimad Bhagavatam itself, uh, wherein direct references could be made to the position of Bhagavan Sri Krishna in direct support of uh, the Parivas Sutra, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. So, uh, beginning with statements that Krishna is the source of all, then uh, astrological statements in regards to Krishna being the source of all the avatars, and uh, all the Lord's avataric descents uh, and seeing those in relationship with Krishna. And when he comes, all those avatars uh, come with him. They are enfolded back into his original form. So when the Lord comes as Bhagavan Sri Krishna, 
he is uh, complete. Uh, there's also statements affirming that Narda from Ramuni, affirming that Krishna is the source of avatars. Uh, statements were taken there in the first division of the army, uh, showing that Krishna is the source of all the Guna avatars. Uh, Krishna is the source of all the Purusha avatars. Krishna is the original Supreme Person. And uh, then Srila Jiva Goswami had a couple annotators wherein he took support from the statements uh, in the commentaries, the Srimad Bhagavatam commentary of uh, Sridhar Swami uh, to uh, the Parivas Sutra directly. And then statements as far as Krishna being the source of Narayan and ending in the first division showing that Kashiro Dakshai Vishnu himself confirmed that Krishna is the original Bhagavan. We begin today by entering into the second division. And the second division in fortification will be dealing with uh, Krishna as the subject of the Bhagavat's major dialogues. Now, this is a rather lengthy uh, discussion wherein Jiva Goswami does an overview of the major dialogues presented in the Srimad Bhagavatam and relates how the dialogues should be seen um, in relationship to Bhagavan Sri Krishna, the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. So he quotes various slokas from the Bhagavatam, and he'll add some sh short commentary uh, just to enlighten us as to how these various statements from the Bhagavatam and the Leela narratives presented in the Bhagavatam relative to those statements should be seen in, as in relationship to um, Lord Krishna. So he begins here. Uh, with his 44th Anacheda. Uh, Vidura's inquiry is centered on Krishna. This is from the fourth canto. In this way, through an investigation into the topic of the avatars, as well, it has been concluded that Sri Krishna alone is Swayam Bhagavan. Such being the case, Sri Krishna alone is indicated as the intended purport of the dialogues between the primary speakers and hearers throughout Srimad Bhagwat. In this respect, it is first shown that Krishna is the sole aim of Sri Vidura as understood from his own statement. Then he quotes from the fourth canto. Kindly relate to me who am devoted and affectionate both to you and Lord Adoksija, all other virtuous glories, Shrava, of the almighty Bhagavan, Sri Krishna, of pure fame, related to his deeds in his previous avatar, in which he milked this earth in the form of King Pritu, the son of Vena. The commentary 
of the Anucheta continues. From this Anucheta onward up to Anucheta, this is a footnote in regards to how the following Anuchetas up through the 73rd Anucheta are going to be presented. From this Anucheta onward up to Anucheta 73, Sri Jiva Goswami shows that Krishna is the sole aim of all the principal speakers or hearers of the Bhagavat. He begins here with the words, Sri Vidurasya, of Sri Vidura. These words are syntactically connected to the immediately preceding statement, Sri Krishna Eva Tatparyam Lakshate. Sri Krishna alone is indicated as the intended purport. In succeeding Anuchedas, Sri Jiva employs the same format for the sake of brevity. So, for example, the next Anucheda begins simply with Ata Shri Matrayasha. Ma, I'm sorry, Ata Shri Matrayasha, and now of Shri Maitreya. It should be borne in mind as we move forward through this division of the book that all such sixth case names of the Bhagavat's principal speakers and hearers are syntactically connected to Sri Jiva's statement here in this Anucheda, namely Sri Krishna Eva Tatparyam Lakshate. The translation in all such instances has been rendered in accordance with this understanding. So from the footnote, we're just being, being given indication as to how to view the following Anuchetas, and that all of them, although for brevity's sake uh, in the presentation, it's not completely spelled out, all the presentations relate to this statement, Sri Krishna alone is indicated as the intended Purport. Sri Krishna Eva Tatpar Yam Lakshate. The Anucheda proper continues In his previous body, Purvadeha means in his appearance as the Pritu avatar. Since, according to worldly, worldly estimation, the latter's appearance comes historically prior to that of Krishna. The compound Purva Deha Katharashyam, modifying Shrava, means those glories with which a relation exists to his deeds in his previous avatar. So, some commentary here. Uh, this is just to give us the proper frame of mind going forward through all of these various Anuchedas. And as I said, it's, it's rather extensive, um, uh, all the way up to the 73rd Anucheda. So 30 Anuchedas dealing with just this idea that Jiva's putting forth that if we look carefully, to all the 
inquiries and all the responses in the Srimad Bhagavatam's major narratives, they are all pointing to Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, irrespective of the fact that they may be spoken of in relation to one of his expansions as a Leela avatar. From the commentary, Sri Jiva Goswami offered a description of the Purusha avatars in Anuchetas 1 through 5. Again, just to remind ourselves, the Krishna Sandarbha began with an in-depth and comprehensive review of the avatars mentioned by Sutta Goswami in the third chapter of the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam in the in response to the inquiry of the sages, uh, as presented by Sunaka there, uh, please tell us of the Lord's various avataric descents. And of the Leela avatars in Anuchetas 6 through 26. Again, we can go verse by verse from the third canto verses. They correspond with these first Anuchetas of the Krishna Sandarbha. In Anuchetta 27, he outlined the Vibhutis of Bhagavan. In Anuchetta 28 and 29, he analyzed the first quarter of verse 1, 3, 28, Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam, and established Krishna as the original Bhagavan, the source of all avatars. In Anuchetta 29, he dealt with scriptural affirmations that seem to contradict the above conclusion. Then in Anuchetas 30 to 43, he cited various statements from the Bhagavad Purana that support the above conclusion. Now, beginning from this Anucheta up to 73, he will analyze the dialogues of the major teachers and students cited in the Bhagavad to show that they all Two are all in, I'm sorry, students in the Bhagavad to show that they too are all intent exclusively upon Sri Krishna. Srimad Bhagavad Purana is divided into 12 books called skandhas and contains 335 chapters. The entire anthology is in the form of a dialogue between Sri Sutta Goswami, the teacher, and the sages headed by Sunaka Rishi. This dialogue took place in the forest called Namasharanya in the eastern part of the modern-day state of Uttar Pradesh, India. In the first chapter of the first skanda, Sunaka Rishi posed six questions to Sri Sutta Goswami. The answer to these questions are taken up beginning from the second chapter. In the course of Sutta Goswami's reply, Sunaka raised further questions. In dealing with these questions, Sutta makes reference to other similar inquiries made by other students. Thus, a number of new dialogues appear within the central dialogue. Sri Sutta Goswami 
beginning from the second skanda in our nomenclature canto, Sri Sukha, the teacher of Sutta, is instated as the primary speaker of the book. He replies to the questions of King Pariksit. Sukha continues to speak up to the fifth chapter of the last skanda, while citing other teachers. From the sixth chapter of the last skanda, Sutta appears on the scene once again, and his dialogue with Sunaka and the sages continues until the end of the book. The principal teachers and students dealt with in the Bhagavat Purana will be cited in the following Anuchetas to show that the intent of all of them was to speak or hear exclusively about Sri Krishna. So, like a nestled egg, we have dialogue between teacher and student within dialogue, within dialogue in some cases. But primarily, the, the major dialogue that begins and ends the Srimad Bhagavatam is between Sutta Goswami and and Sunaka, or the sage, who is representing the sages of Namasharanya. And then he basically takes the narration to the famous dialogue between Sukadev Goswami and Maharaj Parikshit. And from the beginning of the second canto, Sukadev goes, that, that dialogue becomes the, the primary dialogue from the beginning of the second canto all the way through the fifth chapter of the twelfth canto. And of course, within that dialogue, there are other dialogues presented to Maharaj Parikshit by Sukadev Goswami uh, between other teachers and students and other specific uh, circumstances wherein transcendental revelation is comprehensively brought to light in relationship to various devotees of the Lord uh, ensnared in the Lord's external energy and how they are enlightened by their gurus, their, the teachers in various narrations. In the present Anucheta, it is clear from Medora's request to his teacher, Sri Maitreya Muni, that his intention was to hear about Krishna. Even while inquiring about King Pritu, the form of Krishna was foremost in his mind. As understood from his characterization of Pritu as a prior manifestation of Krishna. Gargamuni also made indirect reference to Pritu while performing the name-giving ceremony for Krishna and Balaram in Nanda Maharaja's cow shed. And now he, we can look to that verse. O chieftain of Raj, Nanda Maharaj, in a previous age, when the king was deposed of his throne after the killing of Vena, the virtuous 
who were tormented by robbers were protected and nourished by this boy Krishna emerging victorious over their prosecutors. Continuing into Anacheta 45. Next, it is shown that Sri Krishna is the sole aim of Sri Maitreya, as understood from the immediately succeeding verse. Being thus implored by Vidura to narrate the stories of Vasudev, Maitreya, being inwardly pleased, praised him and began his reply. Jiva writes here, since Maitreya praised Vidura for asking the question and was inwardly pleased, it is clear that his ultimate aim was none other than Sri Krishna. Consequently, the word Vasudev has been used here to refer specifically to the son of Sri Vasudev. Some little notice from the commentary. Maitreya was delighted to hear Vidura's request. The reason for this is that Vidura's eagerness to hear about King Pritu was based on the understanding that he was a prior manifestation of Sri Krishna. Thus, even while he asked about Pritu, it is evident that the central focus of Vidura's inquiry was Krishna who was also Maitreya's object of love. One is naturally pleased to speak about the person whom one loves, especially to another who also shares the same feeling. This is all the more true when such love is directed exclusively toward Bhagavan, the ultimate object of love. In the Gita, Sri Krishna says, those whose minds are attached to me and whose very lives are consecrated unto me feel great satisfaction and delight by ever enlightening each other and conversing about me. So this is this the beginning two annotators here take us into a repeating theme and as students of Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha at this point, we become enthused because we understand from the, from the very beginning of the presentation of the Sandarbhas that the Sandarbhas themselves are centered upon Krishna. Jiva Goswami made this clear in the very beginning of the Tattva Sandarbha that what he is presenting here is specifically for those who aspire to attaining a loving and comprehensive relationship, knowledge of, comprehensive knowledge of Bhagavan Sri Krishna and entering into a loving relationship with him. So in this section, supporting the Parivasutra, we're going to see Jiva Goswami time and again, look to the various dialogues and give us 
reasonable explanations as to how these major dialogues can be seen in relationship to Krishna, Krishna being the primary focus of both the speaker and the inquirer. Jiva Goswami continues in this 46th Anucheta. Sri Krishna is the sole aim of King Pariksit, as understood from Sri Sutta's statement. Thereafter, giving up both this world and the next, having already previously concluded them as fit to be abandoned, Maharaj Pariksit sat down on the bank of the Ganga River with the resolve to fast until death, holding the service of Krishna's lotus feet as superior to everything else. Then he quotes from Sridhar Swami. Swami also comments, the clause Krishnangri Sevam Adimanyamana means knowing that service to Krishna's lotus feet is superior to all other human aspirations, Purushartha. From Satya Narayan's commentary, he writes there, when King Parichyat, the grandson of Arjuna, was cursed by Shringi, Mandakamuni's son, to be bitten by the snake, Taksaka, after seven days, the king at once gave up his royal post and sat on the bank of the Ganga River. At that time, he resolved not to eat or drink anything until his death, not wanting to be distracted from his fixity to the service of Krishna's lotus feet in his final days. The sages from all over the universe also assembled there to witness this momentous event. Thus, it is clear from this statement that Parikshit was intent exclusively upon Sri Krishna. The story is recounted in the last chapter of the first canto. The last canto, of, chapter of that first canto, of course, is setting the stage for the arrival of Sukadeva Goswami. Sutta Goswami is setting the stage, and then the primary speaker is going to be introduced and begin his response to the inquiries of the king. Uh, it's always interesting to bring out the point that here we find that Maharaj Parikshit's resolve was such that uh, he had uh, determined that he would not eat or drink uh, until death came. Whereas when he was out on tour and he went to the Muni's house, Mandaka Muni's uh, hermitage, we find that uh, he appear, appeared to be stricken with, with, with thirst and was upset that he was not served properly uh, when he entered the hermitage. But we can see, um, and as it's been pointed out repeatedly, uh, this was simply uh, an arrangement by uh, Krishna himself. 
to put his devotee in this particular circumstance in order to honor him uh, and his uh, exclusive uh, and fixed devotion. So sometimes uh, we need to be uh, careful not to uh, judge too quickly the activities of, of Krishna's devotees. Uh, we sometimes don't know what's happening behind the scenes uh, in a devotee's life that uh, appear to put them in a, uh, in a precarious or a distressful condition wherein they may exhibit something that's character to their, to their standard uh, devotional mood. So best to always err on the side of caution and uh, remain ever respectful and uh, humble before Krishna's devotees. Going on to the 47th Anacheda, Krishna is the sole aim of the great sages. Sri Krishna is the sole aim of the great sages who inform King Parikshit. O best of saintly kings, this is not at all surprising for you, Pandavas, who are fully devoted to Sri Krishna and who, in eagerness to attain Bhagavan's association, at once abandoned the imperial throne that was honored by the crowns of innumerable kings. Jiva explains the word bhavastu for you refers to those born in the Pandu dynasty, the clause ye jahu, those who abandoned the imperial throne is a reference to King Yudhisthira Maharaj and his brothers in addition to Prakshit. Consequently, Sri Krishna was the one and only aim even for the entire audience of sages assembled there. Some of the commentary is interesting in this regard. The verse of this Anacheda is spoken by the illustrious sages who had gathered on the bank of the Ganges, Ganga, to witness the final days of the celebrated King Maharaj Parikshit. They recognized not only the devotion of Parikshit himself, but of his forefathers, King Pandu and his son, Yudhisthira, Arjuna, Bhima, Nakula, and Sahadev. All of them were Krishna's dearest friends, devotees, and associates during his appearance on earth. This glorification of the Pandavas, devotion to Krishna, indicates that these sages were allied with Parikshit in his devotional intent. Parikshit's grandfather, Arjuna, and the latter's brothers gave up their royal throne when they received the news that Sri Krishna had departed from earth and returned to his own abode. The verse quoted here refers to that particular incident. So immediately, Krishna wrapped up his pastimes and the Pandavas were no longer interested in their, their, their entire interest in life uh, evaporated at that time. And immediately they gave up their rulership uh, not in an irresponsible way. Uh, Yudhisthira made arrangements for Maharaj Parikshit to take over and uh, rule the world, having 
attained that position after the battlefield of Kurukshetra himself. Uh, but his walking away uh, after Krishna's departure uh, is indicative of uh, the exclusive devotion that he and his brothers had for Lord Krishna. Uh, life was simply not worth living uh, for them without Krishna being part of that life. So off to the Himalayas uh, they went. Krishna inspires Sukha to appear to Parikshit. Again, we're looking at various verses here. Jiva Goswami is highlighting from the end of the first canto, the first skanda, uh, which set the scene. The king himself said to Sri Sukha, indeed, Bhagavan Sri Krishna, who is exceedingly dear to the sons of Pandu, must be pleased with me. It is solely for the pleasure of his cousins that he has accepted me as his own next of kin, because I was born in their family. Otherwise, how at all could it be possible for an ordinary human being like me, who is on the verge of death, to obtain a vision of you whose moments are unknown, whose movements are unknown, who are munificent, and perfected to the highest degree. So the, the, the mood here of, of Maharaj Parikshit is, is one of utter humility and his level of Krishna consciousness is, is just dripping from every word of this particular statement, uh, like drops of nectar. Because that humility that's coming forth here, uh, taking on the position of an ordinary human being that's been cursed to death, even though he had plenty of ability to counteract the curse, he did not want to do that. And his seeing an acceptance of Srila Sukadeva Goswami, of, of his, as his guru, at the end of his life, he's seeing, look at the benediction that I have received just by being in the family of the Pandavas, just by being in that family, Krishna himself has accepted me as his kin, as his own next of king, and he sent me, you. He's, he's given me your association, which there is no greater attainment in this world than to have the kind of guidance that someone of your spiritual character and qualification can provide. So he's, he's glorifying his family. He's glorifying 
Krishna and he's glorifying Sukadev Goswami. The Anucheta continues, he, Krishna, has accepted me as a relative, or in other words, as an intimate friend, for I was born in the dynasty of the sons of Pandu, who were his cousins. In the second verse, the pronoun te of you signifies of you whose aesthetic relish is for Sri Krishna alone. The word vaniyasa, munificent, means one who graciously inspires me to beg you to speak about Krishna. From the commentary, King Parishit spoke this verse to Sukadev, who by Krishna's will appeared on the bank of the Ganga, where the king sat surrounded by the host of sages. Thereafter, Sukadev recited the Bhagavat Purana to the king. The king took Sukha's arrival as an instance of Krishna's special grace on him because he was related to Krishna's cousins, the Pandavas. Sukadev was an avadut, one altogether beyond the bounds of conventional moral or cultural sensibilities. In fact, he was so absorbed in thoughts of Krishna that he did not even care to dress his body. There was no compulsion for such an unbounded soul to appear there, except that Krishna had inspired him to recite the Bhagavat to the king. Devotees act on the inspiration of Bhagavan. Krishna also inspired Parikshit to inquire from Sukadev. The import is that Parikshit was eager to hear about Krishna. We should also understand that our amazing good fortune to come into the association of our spiritual master, to come into the Sangha of Krishna's devotees is also of this very nature. This is Krishna's specific arrangement due to some desire on our part, for the most part, or even simply the desire of Krishna's devotees for our well-being. All these arrangements are made that we come in contact with, with a significant devotee who we can take shelter of, and that we come into the association of like-minded devotees who can nourish our spiritual growth and help us as we cast off all of the anarthas and eliminate all the aparads that stand uh, in the way of pure, the pure unalloyed devotion that we all aspire to. As, as provided in the ideal example of our preceptor, our guru. And we, we, should, we should always be mindful 
just as King Parikshit is here expressing the proper mindfulness of such an exalted benediction uh, being provided to us. Jiva Goswami continues, Sunaka recognizes Parikshit as a great devotee of Krishna. Sri Sunaka said, the great chariot fighter, King Parikshit, a descendant of Pandu, was truly a great devotee of Bhagavan. Even as a child playing with his toys, he would reenact Krishna's childhood sports. Jiva writes, the king reenacted whatever childhood pastimes he had heard that Sri Krishna performed in Vrindavan and elsewhere, being absorbed in love for him and endowed with the sentiments of friendship and so on. From the commentary, Parikshit was born after the death of his father. He was brought up by his grandfather, Arjuna, and his uncles, who were great devotees of Sri Krishna. From them, he heard all about Krishna and especially his childhood activities. Thus, he used to imitate such a deeds because of his attraction toward Krishna. He was also graced with the unique vision of Krishna even while in his mother's womb. So he was a remarkable devotee of Bhagavan from his very birth. Shujiva Goswami continues into the 50th Anucheda, Parikshit's eagerness to hear about Krishna. There are many other such statements in Srimad Bhagavat indicating Parikshit's intense eagerness to hear about Krishna. In this regard, the opening section of the 10th canto should also be consulted. So we can see Jiva is just bringing in more and more fortification to the to the glories of the the hearer, the primary hearer of the narrative of Sri Bhagavatam, Maharaj Parikshit, and of course the glory of Sukadev Goswami. In addition, there is the following statement of Sri Sutta. O Dwijas, having thus heard the extraordinary deeds of his protector, Sri Krishna. King Parikshit, who was enthused to his, to his grandfather by the Lord of the Yadavas, I'm sorry, entrusted, who was entrusted to his grandfather by the Lord of the Yadavas, requested Sukadev to relate more of the same sacred pastimes that had captivated his mind. The adjectival phrase, Yan Nigrihita Cheta, which captivated his mind, is broken down as follows. Whose mind was completely taken hold of, or in other words, overcome by hearing the sacred pastimes of Sri Krishna? We can just imagine the, the complete absorption of Maharaj Parikshit, so much so that no no drinking no eating during the whole period 
that Sukadeva Goswami is narrating and Parikshit is just encouraging him on and on more and more. Please tell me more. So here at the beginning um, of the 10th canto, we see that his inquiries are be becoming, you know, specific to the childhood and the leelas of Krishna relative to uh, Vraj. Commentary states, Sri Jiva Goswami refers to other statements from the Bhagavad that exemplify Parikshit's devotion to Krishna. The first 13 verses of the first chapter of the 10th canto are spoken by King Parikshit. Therein, Parikshit requests Sukadev to recite the stories of Krishna in detail. The constitutional makeup of the mind is such that it can perceive only one object thought, or emotion at any one particular micro-instant. It is due only to the rapidly fluctuating nature of the mind that it appears capable of holding multiple precepts simultaneously. In actual fact, it grasps them one after another in high-speed succession. Parikshit's mind, however, was so fully absorbed moment to moment, sukha, that he should not pause even momentarily in hearing Krishna's stories that he was unable to perceive any discomfort caused by hunger and thirst. Yivigo Swami continues, the following statements of King Parichit should also be consulted. So as you can see, there is a lot of pounding of the post here, that specific logic of, of bringing, the, bringing the point home and making sure that we as Jiva Goswami students are, are thoroughly um, schooled beyond a shadow of a doubt. The following statement of King Parichit should also be consulted. Oh, master, the deeds that Bhagavan Hari, Krishna, the Supreme Controller, enacts through whichever avatar are charming to our ears and attractive to our hearts. If you think it fit, kindly narrate those particular exploits of Sri Hari by listening to which a person's depression and material hankerings disappear. His mind is quickly purified and devotion to Sri Hari becomes manifest along with friendship towards his devotees. Jiva Goswami continues to draw from the commentary of Sridhar Swami of Artha Deepika. Being submerged in the inundation of bliss arising from the nectarine ocean of Sri Krishna's childhood exploits, the king, intending to ask again about those very pastimes, glorifies others as well. He continues, whatever deeds Bhagavan Hari enacts, through whichever avatar, 
such as matcha and so on, are certainly pleasing to our ears and delightful to our minds. Yet, if you would be so kind, please narrate those particular enchanting pastimes of Hari, by hearing which mental depression and the various hankerings that are its root cause of any person whatsoever are removed and purification of the heart, devotion to Hari and love for him in servitorship and friendship all ensue without delay. The word haram could mean the exploits of Hari or captivating the mind. And end of Sridhar's comments. Some commentary in this regard to further fortify what Jeeva's put forth in this Anacheda. The leelas of other avatars are no doubt pleasing to the mind, but those of Sri Krishna are extraordinarily have extraordinary power to dispel ignorance, grant love for him, and friendship toward his devotees. King Parikshit made his statements after hearing about the deliverance of Putna. Putna came to murder baby Krishna by smearing her breast with deadly poison. Though just an infant, Krishna not only slew Putna, but also elevated her to the status of a nurse in the spiritual domain. This is the extent of Krishna's most astonishing grace on those who approach him even out of enmity. Uddhava praised this quality in the following words. How astonishing indeed, although the unvirtuous demoness, Putna, the sister of the demon Baka, applied deadly poison to her breast and suckled Sri Krishna with the intent to kill him, she was granted the position appropriate for a foster mother. Consequently, could there be anyone more merciful than him whom we should approach for shelter? Brahma also indirectly praised Krishna's grace on Putna while singing out the unique position of the residents of Braj. This is from Brahma's prayers after the after being bewildered. So this is in the 14th chapter of the 10th canto. Even Putna, along with her family members, attained you merely by imitating the dress of a coward damsel. Therefore, O oh Lord, my mind is bewildered when I ponder what reward other than yourself, the embodiment of the totality of all benedictions, you will bestow on these relatives these residents of Raj, whose homes, wealth, friends, dear relatives, children, bodies, lives, and aspirations exist only for your sake. Where at all is a boon to be found such as you? Consequently, it is to be concluded that Parikshit longed to hear specifically about Sri Krishna, even though in this verse, he extends honor to other avatars as well. We'll end with a couple final anochetas here. Sukadev's intent to speak about Krishna. So we can see that Jiva Goswami is 
pulling from various places in the Bhagavat specific verses to fortify the position of both Maharaj Parikshit and Sukadev Goswami, uh, all with the aim of conveying to us, his students of the Krishna Sandarbha, uh, the proper approach to this core literature of our lineage. Sri Krishna is the sole aim of Sri Sukadev. King Parichit intimated Sri Sukha's exclusive love for Sri Krishna by statements such as these, quoted earlier in Anacheta 48. Indeed, Bhagavan Sri Krishna, who is exceedingly dear to the sons of Pandu, must be pleased with me. It is solely for the pleasure of his cousins that he has accepted me as his own next of kin because I was born in their family. Otherwise, how at all could it be possible for an ordinary human being like me, who is on the verge of death, to obtain a vision of you, Sukadev, whose movements are unknown, who are munificent and perfected to the highest degree? Immediately thereafter, by his question, what should be heard by those on the verge of death? The king insinuated that in his final moments, Sukha should instruct him specifically about Sri Krishna. Discerning his intention, Sri Sukha said, O king, this question submitted by you about what is paramount among all that is worthy to be heard by human beings is most excellent. It is approved by the knowers of the absolute and is beneficial for the entire world. The Anucheta continues. Jiviga Swami paraphrases here. The question raised by you about what is paramount among all that is meant to be heard by human beings is most excellent. The word para paramount, here signifies that the topic implied by the question is supreme because it aims, its aim is to hear about Sri Krishna. The word varam, varyam, most excellent means that this inquiry greatly excels all other questions about the avatars and avatarees and has been submitted in such a manner that the entire world will be benefited. In other words, Sri Sukha here implies that Parikshit has already attained complete fulfillment because he is bound in exclusive love for Sri Krishna, as earlier described. This is confirmed by Sri Sutta. Having assimilated Sri Sukha's instruction, which ascertains the truth regarding absolute reality, King Parikshit, the son of Uttara, fixed his pure mind on Sri Krishna. The adjective satim, pure, qualifying the word matim, mind, signifies that while Parikshit's mind was already previously established in Krishna, he now fixed it even more intently on him. 
the king discloses this very truth later on. The stories of Sri Hari, who possesses extraordinary power, are highly auspicious for humanity. O greatly fortunate one, please disclose them to me so that I may give up my body while fixing my mind free of all attachments on Sri Krishna, the supreme self of all beings. That completed the 52nd Anucheta, and we'll continue in our next class from the 53rd, and we have 20 more Anuchetas in this uh, section dealing with um, statements from the Srimad Bhagavatam fortifying the position of the Parivas Sutra by exemplifying that all the major speakers and the major narrations contained in the Srimad Bhagavatam are related or can be directly related to Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam, the key to the whole transcendental literature. So we'll stop there. If there are any questions, we can certainly address those. Other than uh, without questions, I will thank you so much for your kind association and time. Panchakalpatu Vischa, Pripasindabi Vacha, Patitanam, Pavanivyo, Vaishnavijinamo Namaha. Hare Krishna, thank you so very much. Lalchandra Prabhu Ki Jai. Krishna ke